0: So here we go. What I want to ask you to do is turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 8 real quick. Uh, Genesis chapter 8. I'm going to ask you to turn to a couple of scriptures here real fast. And um, Genesis chapter 8, just so we can get a basis uh, for what we're talking about. uh, It all started with a seed. Everything begins with a seed. You plant God and you water. God gives the increase, but it begins with a seed. I don't care what it is. Uh, you begin with the seed, come on now i 'm trying to be you know, but you started with the seed, so everything begins with the seed uh, Genesis eight uh, down in verse twenty two you know it, but the Bible says God said this, while the earth remains seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not what shall not cease it will never ever cease so cold we know that cold and heat still here don't we as far as i knew when well, we had a mild winter but still winter winter was here summer was here and i went to sleep last night it was night and now it's day so all of that is still with us so guess what seed time and harvest uh, remain it is still with us okay while well, you're right there in your Bible. You're in the Old Testament, go to the first, you're the first book of the Old Testament, go to the first book of the New Testament. Now I know some of you want to argue with me because Jesus was still alive, he hadn't died yet, so the Gospels are still technically the Old Testament, I know, but the Bible calls it the New Testament. So go to the first book of the New Testament, the book of Matthew, and we're just going to look at a story here, a familiar story. Uh, We're talking about it all started with a seed, and today we're talking about sowing your seed. And I'm eventually going to give you just four quick principles about sowing your seed. But I want to uh, regurgitate this story that many of you know uh, already, and some of you may not have read it, and some of you may not have read it in a while. Uh, But this story in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents is called, verse 14. So if you'll go there with me, and let's just read down through that and uh, see what Jesus is trying to tell us. Matthew 25, verse 14, Jesus said these words to his followers, he said, Uh, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20, So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler. Over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. He said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24 Then He who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant, he wasn't done with him yet. Cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Boy, what a story there Lord Jesus tells us. Last week we talked about manna. You remember that, those of you who were here? We talked a little bit about manna. What is it? What? uh, You know, what is it, please? (laughs) Um, And, uh, you know, the, the, the point of that I thought is very interesting because, you know, God could have provided... For the Israelites any kind of way you know he could have just uh, had fruit out there along their path he could have just done so many things uh, but he chose to provide each day their daily bread provide me each day my daily bread and it was new every morning just like his mercies are new every morning but with this you couldn't use what was used yesterday so even if you had some left over you couldn't use it the next day right? It was it was done. That was for that day. And I began to say, Lord, why did you do it this way? And, you know, the Lord said, because it's not about the manna. It's not about what it is. Uh, I don't want you to worry about what it is. But what I want you to understand is that I have an unlimited supply. Uh, I never run out of whatever it is. And then I also want you to understand that it's not about waste. See, some of us think, you know, well, if he's got an unlimited supply, it doesn't matter. I'll just throw stuff away and, you know, and God's saying, no, it's not about that either. You, if you're thinking that way, you're thinking wrong as well. It's not about waste. You know what it all boils down to? It's trusting me, obedience, doing what I say to do and trusting that what I say will come to pass. So it is with sowing seeds. I really believe that even the manna was a precursor to the the ways of the kingdom of God, and specifically to sowing and reaping. And you might say, well, wait a minute, Brother Mike, they didn't sow manna. They just got up and it was there. And I agree with you. They got up and it was there. But I think that he was, it was a precursor. He was showing them, before he could give them the principle of reaping and sowing and what it really meant spiritually... He, he gave them a precursor of you don't have to worry when you do. When I tell you about this reaping and sowing, you already know that you're not going to have to worry about it. You're not going to have to ask me questions. Well, where's it going to come from? Well, what, you're saying reaping and sowing, I don't understand because I, you already know from the manna that I, I am able to provide every day, and that my supply is limitless. Therefore, when you move into reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping, you have no questions. You can trust me because I've already shown you, come on somebody, that I have an unlimited supply. Now, also, I begin to think about this. I thought, Lord, you know, with the manna, you supplied that every day. And they just got up and the manna was there. Boy, that would be nice. I'd like to just get up and call the bank and it's there. Or not even that. I just like to get up and now I'll I'll say this first. I like to get up, my wife still be asleep, and just bacon and eggs on the table. It's just perfect, you know. Maybe a pancake too. And if hash browns, if they want to be there, that's okay. cup of coffee and juice. I mean, you know, while I'm asking. Uh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? I don't know about you. Maybe you don't like baking it. Maybe you want a bowl of, bowl of oatmeal. You know, you're more healthy, Dorothy. I understand. All right, Brother Keith, I get it. You want a bowl of oatmeal with some raisins and apples, no sugar. I'm with you. But I like to get up and it's already there, perfect, like I want it, wouldn't you? You know, I said. so I said, Lord, that's, a, that's what you did for them. I said, hmm, so what does this mean? I said, well, I, I must not have to work. I just, I just have to trust God and get up every day. And God said, no, now you still, you're missing the point to the whole thing. I said, well, Lord, show me the point, you know. He said, no, it's always been my will for you to work. Because if you remember when he first created man, human, man and woman, he put Adam in the garden and he said, I'm putting you in the garden to till the garden, to take care of it. Now, I don't know if you've ever tilled or maintained a garden, but it is work. It's some work, you all know, all right? So you have to do something. You just don't wake up and tomatoes are there. You know, you got to plant some tomatoes. You got to dig the ground, plant some tomato. I'm not a professional gardener, so I might miss some steps. But I-, I know at least you have to till the ground a little bit, make it soft, and get a place to plant your seed. And then I think you got to cover it back up with the dirt, as uh, far as I know. And then last I checked, you had to water. I saw somebody do that one time, right? And then you have to wait a little bit. And then something comes up, right, after a while. And so you work. So working has always been in God's plan. You know, we, we use this as a cliche. The Bible doesn't say it exactly this way, but it basically, Paul said, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat, right? So, you know, we use that as a cliche uh, in the Bible, not exactly in that form. Uh, but, you know, so, so the, the, the key is God has put work there for us to do. But I want to show you something real quick before I get to the, the four points <laughs> real fast. Go to one more scripture for me. Uh, go to Luke chapter 5. Uh, is that where we were talking? Luke, okay, Luke 5. Let me get there myself. I just want to show you something very briefly in what we're talking about because there is a difference. Now, where, where were we in that, uh, Didi? Dee Dee? Okay, just start. Just, I'll just start up at verse 1. We're going to read some more. It's a day of reading scripture. Is that all right? I think scripture's okay. I think it's all right. Mm-hmm. Amen, Sister Patty. She thinks it's all right, too, so then we're good. She gave the word this morning, so the gave prophetic word so we can trust Sister Patty. Amen. <laughs> all right, just start at verse 1, and uh, we'll go down to where uh, we need to be. <laughs> uh, verse 1, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him, Jesus, they're talking about, to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Uh, verse 3, then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he would later be called Peter, all right, and asked him to put out a little from the land. Push out your boat out a little bit. He sat down on the boat and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, now launch out into the deep. He's not talking about his boat, he's saying his net launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon, listen to what Peter said, please, this, if you don't get anything else, and, and young people too, listen to this, please. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, now I have a New King James version I'm reading from, some of you might be reading from the NIV, and there's a word in there, work, but the original word was not translated, work, okay? Uh, I'm reading from the New King James, I think this word is also in the King James It says, Master, verse 5, we have, what, toiled. We have toiled all night and caught nothing. But then Peter wisely, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled the boats so that they began to sink. They had all of that. And then, you know, when Peter saw that, Lord, you know, oh my goodness, I'm not worthy. But here's the thing about that. They toiled. There's a difference in working and toiling. Come on. God God purposed for us to work, but he never purposed for us to toil. To toil, okay? It shouldn't be hard. All we need to do is what he told us to do. One of the problems is, and parents know this. I don't mean to come down on kids, but I was a kid too. Come on, and I was right there. Parents know this. A lot of times things are so hard for you because you didn't do it the way I told you to do it. Come on. (laughs) I mean, I don't know about you. Maybe it was just me. I was hard-headed that way. You know, I had my own way of doing things. My mom and dad would tell me, especially my dad would tell me to do certain things a certain way, and I wouldn't have the right tool. I'd try to do it, take a shortcut, and then I'd end up breaking the thing or, you know, stripping the, the, the screw and all this kind of stuff. And he, I told you to use this screw. Jared, you know what I'm talking about. I told you to use this yeah. screwdriver, but I had my own way of doing it. And I wanted to cut corners and use a, a coin or do something different, and I messed up. Come on now. And uh, it's so hard because you're toiling. But God teaches us how to work. If you do what I tell you to do, if you sow how I tell you to sow, listen to me, God is saying. See, you think this is not about... It, it, listen, I, and I love miracles. I love all of that. And, and all of that is going to happen. God himself is a miracle. He can't help but do miracles. He can't help it. But this is really not about the miracles. I mean, I've given you the whole sermon already. It's all about obeying God. That's all it's about. That is all it's about. But seek ye first the what? Kingdom of God and His righteousness. And guess what? All these things shall be added unto you. God is trying to show us something. Don't toil. Just do what I told you to do. And so He's established this thing where I'm, He's saying, Listen, I just want you to trust Me. I'm able to provide. Look what I did with the manna. Look what I did with Gideon. A whole other sermon. You know, he, had, he wanted... 30,000 how many ever people it was and I said no just do what I can do with 300 is more than you can do with 300,000 come on somebody Uh, look what I did here I look what I did with Joshua I mean I stopped time so that my people would have the victory there's nothing I cannot do God is saying so now that I've gained your trust let me teach you how uh, to work the kingdom ways and we are able to trust God and so we need to be sowers of our seed One of the things that we think is, hey, when we get something, when we get an increase, we better keep it. We better keep it. I better keep it because Gina might take it from me. I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to let you see everything I have. I'll let you see a little bit. That's all. That's all I got. Don't look back here. There's nothing to see here. Go on your way. (laughs) That's what we do. We want to hide stuff. Uh, I remember being a a young person and, and being a musician. Well, I called myself a musician. I don't know how much of a musician I really was, but playing keyboards in church. This is in church. And, uh, I, you know, I would play with different people, and I would come across other keyboard players. I mean, if I can use my very best slang, some bad dudes, man. I mean, guys that just, you know, just like they play in keyboard sleep, you know, and they're playing piano and doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, one of the things that amazed me, you would get together, you know, we'd, I'd go to like a revival or something where different uh, praise bands or different, you know, groups would play, and you get to talk to other musicians. Man, they would want to, I'd say, man, that was a great chord. What was that thing you did there? he said, oh, it was just a little something I did. They don't want to share knowledge. Like, if I took it, I would take all of their chords from them, you know, and they wouldn't be able to do it anymore. It just, yeah, it was just a funny, it was just a funny thing to me. I mean, I tried to share what little bit I had, you know, and, uh, but, It's just a funny thing how the human nature is when you have something, you want to hang on to it. And it's opposite of the kingdom of God's ways, (laughs) God's ways. he says, you're not blessed until you give it away. Remember the story we talked about last week with the fish and the loaves and how Jesus broke it and gave it to them, but it, it was still, what was it, two fish and five loaves, right? It was still that. He just broke and gave that until they started giving it away, It didn't multiply until then. And so that's what God is trying to teach us, sowers of our seed. We have an opportunity set before us to sow our seed into the hands of God because that's really what we're doing. You think when I'm giving somebody something, oh, I'm giving it to Brother James. You're sowing into the hands of God when you follow His Word, all right? Believing He will move our mountains and create supernatural provision. Come on, somebody. I mean, my prayer today... I wrote this down. Lord, help me to exercise my faith and increase my faith. I take hold of the promises and stand on the ground of faith. I sow my seed today believing in the God of miracles. I don't believe in the miracles of God. I believe in the God of miracles because it's Jesus that we're trying to get to. It's not the miracle we're trying to get. It's Jesus we're trying to get. I got to have you, Lord. I got to have you. And if I have you, I have all the other stuff. So I'm not worried about all the other stuff. I got to have you. Now, four principles real quick, and then I'll let you go. Four principles of seed sowing. Now, you know you can trust God because you know about the manna, right? You know you can trust Him. He's got an unlimited supply. So here's, here's our four principles. Number one, we have to understand that God supplies seed for the sower. You don't have to go looking, what is it that I need to do? Or you don't borrow money in order to... I'm using money. It could be whatever it is. Uh, it doesn't have to be money, but you don't have to go borrow money to plant seed, okay? That's not the right way to do it. God said, what do you... He, remember He told... Mo, well, they needed to get to the other side. Egyptians are coming... We just left him. Pharaoh's mad because his son is dead. All right. Uh, You know, much less all the locusts and the, you know, the blood and the water and all that other stuff. I mean, he's mad, you know, and he's coming now. So we got to get to the other side of this thing. And then God do something. Well, God said, well, what do you have in your hand? God's saying to us, what do you have in your hand? Don't go looking for something somewhere else. What do you have? God supplies seed to the sower. Remember 2 Corinthians 9, 10, God who supplies seed to sow and bread to eat will also supply you with all the seed you need and will make it grow and produce a rich harvest from your generosity. It's a good news translation. From your generosity, he'll provide a great harvest. He wants this thing in here. If he can have that, he'll supply you with everything you need. And here's what I want to tell you. Don't eat your seed. Come on now, don't consume your seed. That's what we want to do. Don't consume your seed. Plant that thing. You can do that. You can consume your seed and have enough for one day and get your fill for one day. But guess what? Tomorrow you're going to be hungry again. You're going to be hungry again tomorrow. Don't consume your seed. All right, principle number two. I'll just go on down here. Principle number two, God expects you. This is an important one. God expects you to sow your seed he expects you to sow it. what does that mean? God expects you to sow your seed to plant a seed for growth to set something in motion to introduce a selected in, in, to introduce into a selected environment that's what sowing means plant your seed for growth you expect something back when you sow it and guess what God expects you to sow it. We just read, The parable of the talents, which you've heard before. I know you have. You heard it preached on. You told somebody else about it. You studied it. You understood it. And now he's uh, reemphasizing it to you today. He's saying, I'm expecting you to sow your seed. Isn't it something? God expects something back. Now here, you can look at it two ways. You say, well, boy, that puts a lot of pressure on me. Because if God gives me seed to sow, you know what? I don't even want it because now you're going to expect something back and i'm really not that good i don't know about investing you know and i don't know how to to turn things around and all of that here's the thing god you you don't have to worry about the magic that happens you don't say that if somebody gives you an apple seed to plant i don't want that apple seed that's too much pressure because i don't know i I'm gonna have to i don't know what i have to do you know once i plant the seed do i have to go in and dig it up do i have to crack it open do i have to massage it do i what i have You don't have to do anything. You have to plant the seed, water the seed. But Paul said this, God gives the increase. So you don't have to worry about it. Don't feel pressure. God expects you to sow. He will give the increase. He doesn't expect you to provide the increase. And that's where we get mixed up. So often we feel God is expecting us to provide the increase. He's not expecting us to provide the increase. He's expecting us to sow. Come on. Remember Ecclesiastes chapter 11? He who observes the wind will not sow. You start looking at circumstances. He who regards the clouds, you'll not reap. In the morning, Solomon said, sow your seed. And guess what? Don't stop there. In the evening, come on, do not withhold your hand. Don't do it. For you know not which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Come on. You know Galatians chapter 6. Paul was very clear. He said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh, of the flesh, will reap corruption. Sowing and reaping works. <laughs> Whether bad or good, come on, it just works. <laughs> but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Another way of saying Second Corinthians 9, 6, a stingy planter, Gets a stingy crop. (laughs) Come on. A lavish planter gets a lavish crop. It's the law of sowing to plant a seed for growth, set it in motion. Come on. See, the idea is to scatter seed liberally and abundantly. The picture here is a farmer with a seed bag full of seed, handfuls of seed to scatter, plowing the seed into the ground for protection and germination. It's up to us to sow. Now, there is another parable Jesus told. I won't take you there uh, because of our time, but there's another parable, you'll know it, that Jesus told. And he said, uh, you know, a man went out and he began to sow seed by the roadside. Some fell on what kind of ground? Rocky ground, stony ground, come on. And, he, you know, some even fell on fertile ground and all of that. But you know what Jesus went on to say? Uh, they said, well, what does this mean, Lord? I, you know, understand you talk about throwing seed on the side of the road. And he took him as, they took Jesus aside. And he said, look, I'll tell you what the parable means. The seed is the word of God. So it's not always just money that we're serving. So you think of that. It's, a, it's an easy illustration to give. But it's the word. It's also word. And you can do that. The word is in... He told Joshua, I was just reading this this morning, observe to do all that is written therein, and let this word always be in your mouth, and so you can sow seed as well. What kind of seed are you sowing? Are you sowing judgment on people? Come on, are you are you are you sowing disappointment on people? That you're disappointed in them, that they're not going to be anything. Uh, what are you sowing? Because guess what? While well, that you say that person over there is so bad, I'm just going and I'll go tell them about it. When you do that, guess what? You're sowing seed. <laughs> And if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap a harvest from the flesh. Why is this happening? Why did I find myself in this situation? It doesn't seem like I do anything wrong. Guess what? Reaping a harvest of seed that you have sown. Come on. The sower has to decide how much seed he will sow and how much he will keep for food, how much he will plant. If he eats all the seed, he will have none later for harvest. Come on. No sower will begrudge planting seed because casting insufficient seed will only cheat the sower. We know that. Come on. You can choose to keep your seed in your barn and not give it. You can choose to eat your seed, enjoy it only once. You can choose to do that. You can also choose, I didn't put up there, to sow it in the wrong place. You can do that too. You'll reap a wrong harvest if you sow it in the wrong place. You can choose to plant it to pray over it, to wait for increase, to scatter seed liberally and abundantly. Listen, sometimes you can can plant seed in a place that is actually a good place to plant seed, but God didn't tell you to do it there. We have to understand what God is telling us. Remember, that's what it's about. Don't take the message of sowing and reaping and say, oh, I heard this message of sowing and reaping. I'm just going to start. Let me just give some money. Let me find a ministry to give money to. Don't do that. You're missing the whole point. When he tells you about sowing and reaping, go back to God. What do you want me to Get the word. Get the instruction. What do you want me to do, Lord? Whether it's with money. Whether it's with word. Maybe there's somebody who needs encouragement. I was talking to my sister. Karen, this morning you were talking about. You didn't know he was going to be part of this sermon, Karen. You never know. You never know. She was talking about being a judge, right? And, and judging people. But she judged with a smile uh, the, 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 the folks who did gymnastics, right? And she judged with a smile. And so uh, when she was able to do that, it set them at ease. And they were able to perform better because they knew there was a right judge, (laughs) right, who wasn't judging them wrongly. They didn't have to think about that. What what are you sowing? What do you speak over people? What does your face say? Come on. Come on. So we can choose what we want to do. Principle number three, God promises to water and grow your seed. He promises to do that. Again, you don't have to worry about how the increase is coming, where the increase is coming from, how is it going to work, and all of that. All you need to do is understand that God waters our seed with His blessing, His favor, His hands of sovereignty. God can increase our sown seed by His supernatural reign. He's able and willing to do it. Our job is to love Him, be obedient to Him, and do what He tells us to do. When we do that, He increases it. Amen? And lastly, God promises, this is the great thing about it, God promises a great harvest. He promises us a great harvest. The cost of planting a seed is virtually immaterial compared to the bountiful harvest. Listen, we used to sing, I think this was a song, we used to sing a song called You Can't Beat God-Given. You can't, you can, no matter how hard you try with the word, you can't beat God-given no matter how hard you try. And so this morning, I dare you to try to beat God in giving. I dare you to try it because he won't allow it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. You're going to reap a great harvest. To produce a great harvest from your generosity, Paul told us. The harvest, that's the season of gathering, of opening up the supply from the accumulated store. Everything that's in there, God will pour it out upon you. You don't have to worry about it. And so what am I trying to tell you this morning? So much more, but what am I, what am I saying? What is the Lord trying to tell us? He's saying, look, I showed you that I have an unlimited supply. I hope I've gained your trust, is what God is saying. Only you know that in your heart. Hope I've gained your trust and you understand I have an unlimited supply. So you don't have to worry about where it's coming from. You don't have to worry about that. Now you need to sow your seed. But the first thing you need to do is go to God. God, what would you have me do? Would you have me sow financially? Would you have me speak into someone's life? What would you have me to give? I mean, people give all kinds of stuff. People give away cars. <laughs> Come on. Uh, you know, and another thing about it, I just add this to it, and then I'll be done for today. Don't always think when you give, you give away your leftovers. I know, that's a funny thing. I just, but I'm, I'm trying to hurry up. Uh, don't just give your leftovers away all the time. You know? I mean, yeah, I'm done with this sweater, so now I'll give it to Goodwill. Good for you. That's great. You know what you're really doing is you're getting it out of your house because you're tired of washing it. So, you know, so you are giving. That's great. But what about the shirt you just got? What about the shirt you got for Christmas that somebody gave you, uh, bought you new for Christmas, and you know someone else needs a shirt? Would you give that away? Or would you look for an old shirt in your closet that you haven't worn in 10 years because it won't even fit you anymore? Come on, somebody. Huh? Give it away. God has an unlimited supply. And listen, here it is. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. So you want to sew old, beat-up, rickety, moth-eaten shirts? Guess what? That's what you're going to get back. <laughs> Come on, old, rickety, moth-eaten shirts. <laughs> so if that's what you want your closet to be filled with, then can give away what you got. Come on, somebody. How many understand that God has an unlimited supply, right? And we need to seek him.